welcome to what I'm going to call the series finale of Crush Disappointment. Basically, I just want a bit of a break. So, in this episode, well, the original idea for this episode was to be an end of year review. So, I brought back Anna from the first episode and we chatted a bit about how our years have been and it was incredibly dull. So, I've cut that all out and instead it's just us talking about New Year's Eve and New Year's resolutions. So, here's the, well, it's not really a crush, but here's the crush. New Year's Eve, there's a lot of pressure for it to be a really good evening. It very rarely lives up to that pressure, and I think also it tends to involve a lot of alcohol. Mm. And then the next morning everyone feels, like, very sick and full of shame. <laughs> it's not a great way to start the new year. Maybe I'm just yeah. speaking for myself. But isn't it, it's nicer because then you start the year with shame, and then you can kind of, like, build up again. You can start afresh. You've sort of, you've burnt down all your relationships over the course of the evening. Yeah, you've set, you've set yourself some targets for the new year, mm. and those targets to, to rebuild yeah. <laughs> all the bridges. But the, the pressure thing, I have never, uh, that's what, uh, speaking to people, that's always what people say, there's so much pressure mm. over the years and it never lives up to it. I've never felt any pressure around mm. the year. I don't, because, I mean, ultimately then you are setting yourself up f- to fail. Mm. But I feel like I quite, in- well, I really enjoy hanging out with friends and I enjoy drinking and on certain occasions. And it just seems like a nice mix and I always have a good new year. Mm. You're a wiser man than all of us, <laughs> Matthew. Um, oh, that was what I was pointing at. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Being able to approach it without putting pressure on it is a good, a good thing. It's something I don't know. I've, I don't know why I'm not able to do it. Maybe this year I'll try and just be super chill. Because it's not like Christmas. I probably have more of a, put more pressure on Christmas because mm. there's always that sense of you need to feel Christmassy. Mm. And then since I don't know for about a decade now, I've not, and I've kind of got used to not feeling Christmassy. Mm. But um, there mean. was a couple of years when I was like, why aren't I feeling it? And those are the, probably the, the shittest Christmases I had because I was wanting to feel yeah. great. And New Year, because you, you don't do anything specific, apart from like maybe go and watch some fireworks, there, it's just kind of, I don't see how it's any different to just going on like a normal night out. Yeah, I think the way I approach, so Christmas, I definitely had that as well. I definitely had like in my either late teens, I think it was my late teens, or like maybe mid-teens, I'm not sure. I definitely had this like Christmas doesn't feel Christmassy thing anymore. And then I get really sad about it every mm. year. And now I'm just like, you know what? I don't have time. I don't mm. have time to worry about this. Either it feels Christmassy or it doesn't. Yeah. I also have another theory an aside mm-hmm. on um on that i think when you have your own children or there are children when you're an adult who you're doing christmas with i think that the spirit gets brought alive again because you kind of have to live it for them and you see mm. it through their eyes and christmas is really magical for children yeah yeah um so at least that's what i'm telling myself mm. <laughs> but um with new year christmas is very much something that's run by my mum mm-hmm. so i will help with things not as much as I should do, but I will help. But it's not my responsibility to make it work. I think with New Year's, I often feel the burden of responsibility in terms of just even if I'm just organising myself, but mainly like I'll be organising myself and then maybe like other. So this year I'm organising for other people as well. Mm-hmm. And then and then I end up feeling like, I don't know, It's you have to kind of generate the joy because mm-hmm. it's in your hands, it's not in someone else's hands. And I think actually the, the pressure of like, I think this is just because I'm really lazy. I'm not the sort of person who gets like energized by organizing. So I think that for me, when I have to see the workings of it too much because I'm sort of doing all of it, it kind of sucks the magic out a mm. bit. So I don't, I'm not involved in the planning of Christmas or really New Year. I always just tend to just go along with stuff. Mm. And I guess for a while I always thought of myself as sort of being, I don't know, a bit too cool for school and a bit sort of like laissez-faire and sort of like, yeah, life is what it is. But now I think there's actually a point when I'm kind of... Um, 
I can't think the right, this isn't the right phrase, but sort of like taking advantage of other people's ability to do things. So like you said, like not putting enough effort in at Christmas or for New Year, leaving that to friends. Or I guess with Christmas, even like um, delegating my Christmas shopping to my sister or like stuff like that where I feel like there's there's like, uh, I don't know, I think there might be like a gendered laziness in it. It's kind of like relying on the sort of the labor of women to kind of. (laughs) You're a sexist, Matthew. I I don't know. I think it's a realization that I had this year that maybe like um, I'm only able to feel calm about it because I don't put any effort in. I don't think that's a good way to be. I don't know. I think that, um, I don't know whether it is, I think it is and it isn't. Like, I'm, so for example, I'm exactly like that with Christmas. I don't do anything, really. I do far less than I should do. And that can't be a gendered thing because I'm not reinforcing any gender stereotypes by being lazy there. But I think it's, I think it's sometimes, for me with Christmas, it's definitely, definitely like a parent-child thing. It's like a, you know, like they're the organisers because they're the older, more central people to yeah. this. So it's not my job, which is awful because I am now, dear listeners, 25. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, with the, I don't, I don't, maybe it is a bit of a gender thing because when it's the other way around. So for example, this year, I kind of, I was aware of several different people's preferences and I, myself had a preference which I just kind of flung to the side because it didn't match with anyone else's mm. and I was just like I need to I know they're going to want to do something I, I need to get something organized that's going to work for all of them and I was panicky about that until I'd done it which I think is a bit of a sort of like you know not less, I'm, I'm not consciously like I'm a woman I have to do this but like I'm sort of socialized to a point where like I'm thinking about mm. other people and what they want to do and I'm like oh I need to get it done like yeah, I need yeah. to make sure that everyone's going to have a nice time but actually Matthew you bring you bring the joy to the arrangement which I do less of, so... Yeah, no, but you, uh, you, everyone knows you've got shit chat. <laughs> savage. Spicy burn. <laughs> a savage spicy burn. <laughs> um, okay, in point. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> so, this is from Anna Swanson for The Independent, saying, uh, New Year's Eve, the scientific reason why it's generally terrible. Although, to be fair, she's referencing other people. I've, I've not done this well. So, in a 1999 study called The Pursuit and Assessment of Happiness Can Be Self-Defeating, data showed that students who tried to be happy and who checked periodically to see whether they were actually happy reported the lowest levels of happiness of all. The researchers compared this idea to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle in physics, which says that in trying to measure a particle's energy, we influence its energy level. In a similar way, trying to measure whether we're happy appears to change our levels of happiness. I like that, linking it to physics. I think that's really good. And it makes a lot of sense. It doesn't surprise me that if someone's, or anyone in a group is like, every so often being like, are we having a good time? Are we mm. having... Yeah, it's sort of, because it makes you check in and then you sort of question, I guess. Oh, do you, and do you do that in your head when you're at New Year's? Are you constantly thinking, am I enjoying myself? Is this good? I think I do, actually. I think, I mean, almost not with those exact... I, I perhaps don't like put it so concretely into those words in my head but it's, I'm definitely kind of there's a background noise of this should be a really good night I'm having mm. a good night like kind of and it always yeah it always feels like there's that sort of gulf in between the two like how you think you should feel mm. and how you're actually feeling because I think no one ever really feels kind of like for the, unless you're like on drugs nobody <laughs> feels like ecstatic for a whole evening mm. do they so let me go on to um past studies have also shown that people who are chronically happy are less introspective and the people who are chronically unhappy are more self-conscious and self-focused. Studies on happiness and selfishness show similar results. 
Selfish people are more devoted to their own happiness, but appear to be less happy overall. So I guess, do you consider yourself to be introspective, self-conscious, and does this affect your happiness? <laughs> Get into the, the deep <laughs> stuff here. I do actually. I've I've thought about this a lot, so I'm glad you. Oh, because you're both. introspective. <laughs> <laughs> I have. No, literally, I've thought about this so much. I think that one of the things, one of the reasons we we kind of have a um, a mental health crisis a bit. I'm not a scientist. This is all just conjecture. Is that we've become like I feel like we've we're living in an age of hyper individualism now, and that's exacerbated by things like social media and like the, the selfie, for example, taking mm-hmm. pictures of yourself. And I do think everyone's kind of so now this sort of notion of self is at the forefront of everybody's mind, and it drives everything we do, which is why we get a lot of millennials dropping out of jobs after like two months, being like, "Oh, it just doesn't work for me," rather mm-hmm. than I should stick with it a bit, see what I can offer the company. If it isn't something that works out in the long term, fine, I'll find something else. I'm not criticising. I actually do think like being happy is, and if you if you're in a job that doesn't work, if you don't stay. <laughs> but I think that something that existed a lot more, even sort of twenty, thirty years ago, but definitely prior to that, was a sense of community in the sense of feeling responsible for other people outside of yourself Mm. and i think that came through things i'm not religious myself but i think that came through things like the church and that Mm. kind of thing and i don't think we have that anymore in the same way and i definitely although i i so i well a couple of things firstly i try really hard not to be excessively introspective because i have observed in myself it makes me so much less happy <laughs> so you you were introspective and you noticed that you were too introspective so yeah. you decided to be less literally introspective. literally I'll, I'll like even in, like on a conversational level i'll be sitting there and i'll be like worried about something i'm doing and then i'll be like you're not actually focusing on what this person is saying to you mm-hmm. snap out of it stop thinking about yourself concentrate mm-hmm. and then also on a i think that oh yeah so i'm not I'm not, well, I am a narcissist, but I'm also not a narcissist. I think I'm just sort of self-conscious and I think that definitely feeds into my happiness. But yeah, I do think that, I'm not sure, maybe I'll just merge those two points together. Anyway, I think that being more focused on other people Mm. makes you happier. So just for you, I watched this TED Talk and I I felt you just kind of hit all the points that were mentioned in this TED Talk. (laughs) So (laughs) um, let me try and find it. So it was by... um, Emily Esfahani Smith, and she said um, there's more to life than being happy. And her idea was that we have this, um, uh, the pursuit of happiness is seen as like the, the main sort of agenda mm. of individuals. And we need to have a shift away from looking from happiness to meaning. And it's the idea that the, as you said, like the increase in suicide rates is as a result of us losing these certain things. That, well, I don't know, now I'm butchering it. But there are four pillars of meaning that we need to strive for. So the first one was belonging, being valued in relationships, and then purpose. So this was like um, using our strength to serve others. Transcendence, which is a connection to a higher reality. So as you said, in the church, or uh, the example I was given here was art. And then storytelling, which was the story you tell yourself about yourself. So like we're the author of our, our own story. So while we can have certain facts of how we happen in our lives, we can rephrase them or look at them in different ways. So many wonderful things. Okay. So many wonderful things. I want to watch this talk. Um, I feel like you're being very generous about what I just said. I don't think it aligned. <laughs> no, it did, uh, you, certainly. Well, if if it didn't align, there were certainly keywords. I feel like you must. You said something along the belonging. You mentioned the church. You mentioned having looking outward rather than inwards. That's purpose. Yeah. What was what was the last one again? Storytelling. That's the one. Yeah. No, I have a really. So I think so much, and a lot of this wisdom comes from my parents. I should. I should credit them here because i don't say all of it myself but so much about happiness i think is perspective 
And I would observe often about people who are hugely successful. There are some people in my life who have very high powered jobs and stuff and yet they seem less happy and i think that's because the bar that they set themselves and therefore the way they perceive their own success Mm -hmm. is very different they set a very high bar whereas so one of the reasons i think generally speaking i'm happy quite a lot of the time is because i have zero ambition Mm -hmm. and no expectations for myself (laughs) um so it's really easy to hit that bar was that was that always a bar you had or is that something where it's like the bar is lowered i think it's it's a combination of i think i used to acknowledge that i had zero ambition and expectations and then feel really bad about it and now i'm just like you know what i can't change it so it's fine Mm -hmm. and that's that's a perspective shift as well and i do think often i'll look at what i talk to friends and at times when they feel low about themselves and they'll be saying you sort of xyz and i'll be like yeah no totally hear you have every right to feel upset but i'm gonna i'm gonna rewrite your life even i'm like i do say it's like just stop for a minute you don't get to hold the narrative on this because look at what you've done it's fucking amazing and the way you're looking at it, I can understand that, you know, it's your life, you have your own emotions, but like, actually from an outside perspective, this is fantastic. And if you could just see that or see the way other people perceive you or just shift your own perception, it would be fantastic mm. because you'd see it in such a better way and you'd feel so much happier about it. It's a thing for real. Yeah, because well, in the um, the talk, they were saying how this idea of storytelling being like, my life was, I didn't necessarily like this, but my life was great, now my life's shit. Mm. And I think I do that quite a lot. Mm. Where I'm like, oh God, I was so happy at this point, or, and now I'm not. And it's kind of rephrasing it to being like, I don't know, yes, I might have been more, um, I guess more sociable at a certain point, but then actually I am less selfish maybe than I was. So that's a, a progress. So that's the narrative rather than, I don't know. Yeah, no, exactly. That makes total sense. I also think that like, my and it's because i'm always on the lookout to give myself an easy out of any like negative emotion but whenever i feel bad about something that's happened like so for example i had to do a talk at work last week and it was like it was in a room full of like lots of lots of people lots of people but some very important people as well in terms of my level of importance it Mm -hmm. wasn't like the prime minister obviously Mm -hmm. but it was like it was really like toe curlingly bad i just kind of like a lot i only had to speak for two and a half minutes and i just on the first i had two bits to say on the first but i just you know when you start panicking and then you panic yeah. and then you panic more and there's no like people are often when i've talked to people about this they'll sort of say like oh you panic for a bit but then you get into something and it's fine no 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 not with me i just sort of snowball yeah. into like just complete and utter oh abject <laughs> visual shame it's horrible and that was essentially what happened and i felt <laughs> really bad while, while doing it you felt shame <laughs> felt yeah honestly yeah. i was just like i can imagine how red i'm going i'm hearing loads of like i've been trusted to do this like my oh i'm just doing so oh, anyway anyway besides the point the point was it's the first time in a really long time where i've felt so acutely so much like negative emotion i was just like that was so awful like everyone who like i've managed to con everyone into like letting me have this job and now i've done this they'll realize that i'm just you know the worst person in the world and i've been fooling them all and Mm. they shouldn't give me this job and actually they're going to take it away from me or they're just none of them are going to trust me for the remainder of my time here like it's going to be awful and then i just sort of sat and i thought about it and i was like you know what i can change the way i mean i can't right now change the way i feel about this but i need to start changing my perspective on this and looking at it from a different viewpoint because it doesn't need to feel like this like this this yes like you learn from negative emotion that's why it occurs but Mm -hmm. i don't need to be feeling it this hard it's not teaching me anything i don't already know at this Mm -hmm. stage so i need to stop so i kind of just sat and like tried to think about it from a different way of existing so like just sort of removing myself and being like this is 
one presentation in like one job mm. I have, it's not going to stay with me forever. Yeah. Like it's fine. I've sort of got a similar example where at work, I've been bossing it for a while, like maybe it might have been years and um, I've made a mistake, which was enough. It was like a major, major mistake, but enough that it was going to have some negative impact. And eventually it was a man's to resolve it. And then I went home that night and just felt shit. Yeah. And it was weird how it was like one seed of one very small thing suddenly expanded the whole time. And then by the end of the day, it, was, it wasn't it was like you fucked up. It was like your shit and your, like, it was, I got really sort of, I don't know, so bad at myself. And it was that thing where I hadn't been to that place in my head for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And it was a realization that it was, it was kind of like, while I felt like I was more secure, it was kind of, it was just like a thin layer and I could plunge right down to any moment. Yeah. But I guess at the time I was thinking, God, I haven't improved in the way I thought I had. But actually, uh, maybe I should have had the realization that, well, even if it is paper thin, the fact that I've been able to exist above it for so long without mm. having going to that place, that's a positive thing that I've been able to stop myself from doing that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's so true. I think it's so true. And I also think that because I had exactly that thought, I was like, I thought I was so much further on than this. Mm-hmm. Like, both in terms of being able to do public speaking, because I've done things that are better than that, but also in terms of like the way I was dealing with it. I was like, I've not felt like this for ages. Why am I feeling like this? I thought I'd got myself to like a better level of general happiness. But I think that also my observation would be, yeah, because I was like, how how of it? Like, how am I so profoundly like taken down by mm. this? But then, yeah, definitely, I also found that it like it stayed with me for longer. Than, like, I mean, even now, when thinking about it, it makes me cringe a bit. But also, mm. like, I'm able to sort of pull myself back up and function again in a way that I definitely couldn't historically. Mm. I'd have been like completely wiped out by this. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it would have changed the course of everything I was doing. Whereas I do feel like, yes, through that paper thin layer, down to the depths, but back up again yeah. and out. And because it's paper thin, you can get through it. You don't get trapped down there. <laughs> um, and in terms of the way we speak to ourselves, um, I saw this, uh, I think Oxford Union dress with Wentworth Miller. You know, the guy from Prison Break. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about how uh, with his friends who suffer with depression, he feels like he's a good friend and he's able to communicate with them while they're beating themselves up and be like, no, you're not like this and X, Y, and Z. And he was talking about how with himself, when he goes when he goes to those dark places, he doesn't have that same voice and he's like, you're a piece of shit, you're mm-hmm. this X, Y, and Z. And he was like, if I spoke to my friends the way I speak to myself, I wouldn't have any friends. Mm. And he sort of um, said that while he can't change the voice that's in his head... He can change what he verbalizes and so yeah. only says positive things about himself out loud and mm. how that had an impact. And I've listened to that and I've, I've done, and so I, um, I don't know, will sometimes say things out loud. I don't know, even just like you're a fucking idiot, but like yeah. say it out loud. And I've got to the point where I try and catch myself afterwards or if, either stop myself from saying it or afterwards be like, no, you're not a fucking idiot. You're, you're a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And it's amazing. Um, I feel so much better from having done yeah. that. I'm exactly the same. Oh my God. Snap. <laughs> high five. Yeah, no, literally I got to a stage where I stopped like definitely saying those things out loud. But even if I caught myself saying it to myself in my head, I'd be like, you don't need to be like, you don't need to be speaking to yourself that way. Like, mm-hmm. stop. It's just not helpful. Yeah. And also I conceptualize this. This is a bit, Um, I know it's, it sounds a bit trite, but I think because 
my mum has always been so supportive of me. She's never been someone who's been like, oh, really good, but you could do it better. Mm. Everything I've ever done in my whole life, she's been like, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing. So I, whenever I'm feeling like low about myself, I conceptualize this idea of like trying to have a mother voice to myself, which is like just being supportive and picking myself up and that kind of like, also like looking after myself. Because I think sometimes when you get really stressed, I don't know about you, but when I get, when I get really stressed, I'll like stop having breakfast or whatever because I haven't got time. And it's just a sort of like a voice that's got slightly more authority than sort of the, the young stressed professional that I am to be like no 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 you sit down and you have breakfast like yeah, yeah. that's a good thing for you to do it doesn't matter if you're going to be five minutes late just sit down and do it because it's good for your health yeah, yeah. It, it, but it's so right definitely like especially because like I'm really supportive to all of my friends like I'll yeah. actually just say really nice things and probably two nice things <laughs> yeah I mean all your friends <laughs> are scumbags I bet <laughs> they make it probably makes them really uncomfortable all the time but I do say nice things and I sort of think if I yeah I don't know why we're so mean to ourselves it mm. makes me really sad because everyone everyone does it I think I don't know maybe I don't associate with the right people clearly mm. but I don't think I know anyone who doesn't beat up on themselves mm. a lot of the time we'll have to check in and not do that yeah, I think um, with other people as well, I, I've uh, got a tendency of, I guess I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, I don't know, I'm, compliments aren't the right word, but I'm trying to say nice things about people more often because I feel yeah. them and I don't often tell people and mm. it's um, not great. But then I also feel like when people say nice things to me, I'll immediately like parry it or like do some sort of off, like the classic one that people, this isn't something that falls under me but like when people say like that's a nice top oh it only cost me a five or something <laughs> yeah, it's kind yeah. of like that kind deflect of... with a, a fact about yeah. it yeah so i need to stop doing that yeah i find i have this problem hugely as well if it's like something someone's saying about something that's kind of external to me for example i think with like women and fashion um because fashion is like often for women it's kind of like an entity in and of itself it's like a creative expression so if someone's or like it's I don't know, like so much, so it's more about the style than it is about you. Mm -hmm. Like if a, if a woman says to me like, oh, I really like your jumper. Often I imagine they mean, oh, I really like to own one of those. Yeah. So I find it less about me. So Mm, I'm kind of like, I find, I'm like, oh, thank you. Cool. Yeah. No, whatever. But if it's something that I feel is actually attached to me in some way, like. Mm. A jumper with your face on it. (laughs) A jumper with my face on it. Or like something about like something I've done or like the way I look or some one of my characteristics mm-hmm. i feel really uncomfortable and i definitely parry as well like my my worst parry someone was giving me a compliment and my my response to them is to always be like if they're like your hair looks nice i'd be like your hair looks nice <laughs> <laughs> aggressive <laughs> yeah. yeah literally just like fling it back in their direction mm-hmm. which yeah i think is a sad thing and on the note of giving compliments actually i think it's so much easier i want to reassure you because i think it's so much easier because i'm a woman it would be weird for me to come across as like weird in the same way that we conceptualize men are. Mm-hmm. But also I think that's a thing of the past. I know like some guys who won't or get funny about giving compliments because they're like, people are going to think I'm being weird and pervy with them. And that's just not the way I would perceive it. Or I don't think anyone else would perceive it. So if that's the reason you do it, don't actually on that note, that's how I feel about when I hug you. I know I've ruined it for you. But every you, time you... I hug you. <laughs> should, we, should we do that? Though? So on the, previous episode i dragged your name through the mud by saying that you that we hugged to say, to say goodbye and you referred to me as patronizing and it destroyed my ability to have physical intimacy oh, with no. anyone from then on um which was a very unfair thing for me to sort of said no i think that's fair though definitely like i want to go back to my younger self and be like what are you saying but i don't i've um i think like on on me is that not shouldn't your response to someone someone says that and you've got to think why have they why has my action made them feel that way 
what action can I do differently? Not... Well, but also, sometimes you have to take into account someone's ego, and it sounds like that was my ego speaking there. How do you mean? From my point of view now, like, a hug is always nice. Mm -hmm. Like, a pat on the head would be patronising. I had to do that just before. (laughs) (laughs) A hug is really nice. And so I think that, like, I don't know why... I don't know why. I think I think when I was maybe in my late teens, I had some sort of inferiority complex about being short and people mm-hmm. like <laughs> dangling. But then, but then that's that's something that is, is that not something that should go through my head? of thinking like, why has? Because why? I guess, is the, I guess the difference between was it um, what I'm doing, the intention and the effect. Where my intention wasn't to upset anyone, but then if I notice it has, you need. To, I guess you need to have more foresight in what you're doing yeah but also like i was just if i sorry if i said that gaslighting if i said that Matthew. (laughs) 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 no um when i i I can't but but honestly honestly, it might not so i've had an argument with a a friend about a fictional thing which we've conclusively proved did not happen and i've still i can still remember it in my head and it's it's very likely that this memory has been twisted no. and is not anywhere near what it was actually like no i can definitely i can imagine i can imagine that i would have said it there are lots of like sometimes if i reflect on myself in my sort of late teens i definitely i like i don't know it's an odd one like i have we all were all works in progress but i think because lots of my behaviors then i disagree with now not and i wouldn't rain that judgment down on other people who perform the behaviors of my late teens but when i look at myself i think because we're all like harshest critics aren't we i look at myself and i'm like what were you thinking why did you do those things you were a twat and i think actually one of those things was sometimes just not being thoughtful enough about what i was saying to people which i think is what happened in this instance because i don't feel patronized by hugs <laughs> it makes me so sad because honestly hugs bring so much joy but, and now, like, but now it's now it's like was me saying it in itself a malicious act because i had it was such a small thing that, like, you know, I don't know, is that one of, I don't know, I'm not sure if I should have said anything, wasn't it? No, just... no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, because I'm really glad that, sorry, the focus of this is not me being, like, in my violin up, being like, Matthew, you made me feel no, 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 but I, no, but I guess I'm conscious of not wanting it to feel like I was putting, like, calling you a dickhead, because that's not what I think it was. No, I... but no, 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 I think, I think, I don't think you were, whenever you've spoken about it, I think very much that you've been, like, I didn't realise it was patronising, mm. and I think, from my point of view... I just really want to set the record straight and be like, I want to take my younger self and have a stern talking to her on that level because genuinely how I feel now and how I've felt for many years is that hugs are not patronising, never patronising, no matter how they happen to you. And I think they spread loads of joy. I think like non-sexual physical intimacy is a really important expression of emotion. And I think that we don't do it enough as people. And I also think that if I've robbed you of that joy... (laughs) Like I just, I just, I owe it to you to set the record straight and let you know that it's not hugs and not not patronising, and you should go forth but and the, hug but, with reckless abandon. But the way, uh, first of all, my inability for physical intimacy—that is a small cog in a, in a massive <laughs> machine. But um, also, I guess I think the the hug that I would have done in that situation would have been a weird hug. Like it would be, I don't know if I was like bending my back and or like would have been like crouching in the knees. I can't remember the specifics of it, but it would have been weird. And there's I don't po- think it would have been. I think it definitely would have no, been. No, I don't think, and I, I I think, think it would have I been. I think there's a point in which if I'd gone my whole life hu- hugging people in this weird <laughs> way, that would have, you need people to point out. I mean, maybe, it, I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you're being, your own harshest critic i don't think it would have been weird i think oh, i don't know i don't honestly i don't know why i said it 
bad younger Anna, but rest assured. The storytelling, you know, we're, we're both at a point where we feel like in the past we've acted badly, but now we've learned from our mistakes and now we're better people than we were. Exactly. That's where we're at. So if we're staying on New Year, do you do resolutions? I used to a bit. I th- so I have a couple of things. A, I have the world's shortest attention span. So I set out with good intentions and with literally within about two days, I've forgotten all of them. So I don't think I've ever actually accurately carried out a New Year's resolution. But B, I heard something not that long ago. Or maybe it was about, maybe it actually wasn't in conjunction with New Year's resolutions. Maybe it was just goals that you set yourselves. Or maybe it was... It's a little loop round for you there. So basically, I think it was around the idea that often it's about like deprivation. So it's like, I have to like eat less of this or like I have mm-hmm. to like spend less time doing that and spend more time at the gym. And instead, you should frame these things in terms of like, not this is my interpretation, it's a bit trite, but like gifts you're going to give yourself. So like things you're going to add to your life. So like, well, if you can, if you don't feel like you need to put eating or exercise in there, like doing stuff like I'm going to spend some time painting every week mm-hmm. or because it's like stuff that adds adds into your life rather than like things you're taking away. Like I can't eat this or I can't do that or, I, you know, whatever. And because it's often like a time for us to be like, we have to be better. But actually you should think about it in a way that's more wholesome, I mm-hmm. think. So my I've, I've thought about one this year and it was to read more because I used oh. to love reading. Um, I remember being... I think pre-GCSE I used to read recreationally a lot and then I just kind of particularly like A-level onwards I've, I've not read properly or consistently for fun since A-level because so I'll, I've read maybe like a handful of books that every so often I'll sort of dip in and like read a book or, or like blitz one on holiday but in terms of actually just reading all of the time I don't do that anymore yeah. um, I want to add that back in so note to self it's enshrined in podcast history now <laughs> <laughs> well that might be um I had some quote about this, but um, so there were different schools of thought on how best to achieve your goals or resolutions. And one of them was saying how you shouldn't say them out loud or shouldn't tell people because when you complete a goal, you get an endorphin rush, but you get that same rush when you tell people that you're going to do it. Ah. So if I tell people that I'm going to run a marathon, people are like, oh my God, that's so good. Like you're so brave for having done that. <laughs> and I, I, vroom, I suddenly feel great about myself. And so I've actually already got the rush from it that I would have got from completing it. Oh my God. When you said that about the marathon, I felt an endorphin rush. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're so right. And so you've just announced it to all six of my listeners. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to have to go and men in black all of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually I could get back the... Uh, <laughs> Repent. No, so uh, in terms of... Um, in terms of resolutions, if we base these in the pillars of meaning. Oh my god, yes. So, belonging. So we need to find um, we need to find valued relationships. What's a way in which we could go out from the new year and find valued relationships, or I guess find more value in the relationships we have? I guess that is such a good idea. Oh my god! So one way I might do this is trying to be more mindful of what someone else wants in an interaction with me mm-hmm. rather than just like coming at it from like the perspective of like I want to talk about xyz mm-hmm. um and like trying to help them express themselves in the way that they want to and understand them and hear them and also like reciprocate that but rather than just having a session where you talk at someone mm-hmm. um how about you <laughs> <laughs> nicely done <laughs> um belong I don't have it. So, so there's a social event mm. that I don't want to go to. Yeah. I found it 
better now that I tell people that rather than making up an excuse. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, I'd be like, no, I'm busy. I'm sorry, I can't make it. And often, like, the reason for me not wanting to go is, like, legitimate. Like, it could be, um, I don't know, uh, an anxiety thing about the mm. number of people being there. Or I don't specifically like the people who are going to be there. Or the activity sounds yeah. like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Like, people respect that, I think, more than kind of like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah, so. actually, I think you're very right about that. Definitely, like, when my friends have been flaky, like, or if I have friends who are flaky... Yeah, I think sometimes knowing that they're just flaking, because you see, like, even if they don't say it with their mouths, like, their pattern of behaviour means that mm-hmm. they're flaking. I definitely, I'm a hugely flaky person, and I still make excuses myself, so maybe note to self, maybe I shouldn't. But um, I think even if you're saying with your mouth there's an excuse, your pattern of behaviour shows something else, and it's just consistently not being there. And I think, actually, then the excuses, because they're on an individual basis rather than the collective one, it's not like, oh, my grandma's sick again, mm. she still hasn't recovered. I think people kind of feel distance from the fact because it becomes quite clear that you're not telling the truth and people become feel feel like you're you're holding them at arm's length mm. for some reason and i definitely think if people are just like yeah no sorry i'm just feeling socially exhausted yeah. and i need to not i need to not come tonight i'm really sorry yeah. i think yeah i hate your mum's lasagna like- <laughs> <laughs> say it like it is yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna do that actually because i'm really bad i definitely flake a lot and i definitely just tell people it's for stupid reasons and I should probably just be honest and be like, I am done with socialising this week. I'm sorry. So how would we have a New Year's resolution for purpose? I guess this falls of using strength to serve others. So I guess you've kind of linked the two. Mm. In that you're going to sort of do that more for your friends. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. I feel like we could still do something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing it over to you, Matthew Elliott. <laughs> I am... Um, um, I read this um, book called Candy Crush and Capitalism, and it was talking about the reason why we play Candy Crush is because it feels uh, like you're wasting your time while you're playing it, but we don't value our work at all. But by Because when you're playing it, you feel like you're wasting your time. The thing that you go back to feels like it's worth something. Mm. Well, actually, if you didn't have that thing, it wouldn't be worth anything at all. That's really interesting. But I mean, it sounded. I was like, that sounds cool. But the yeah, the so the idea that we need to find purpose in work, I guess. Yes, yes, I think that's a good one. But I don't know. How can we wrap up? How can we wrap up? Um... Okay, I'm there. I'm there. I've got. I've got. Off. I'm okay. ready. So, how are you going to make your New Year's Eve? Not a disappointment this year. Oh, that's a good one. Um, so I'm gonna. Well, a couple of things because I I think oh, I'm gonna because it's a group of people who don't know each other that well. I'm so gonna, what are you doing? So I'm going to a bar. It's like a speakeasy style bar. Got a table booked. Um, free food and drinks. That'd be nice. And there's kind of like a dance floor somewhere. And I think the idea is just to sort of hang out until the countdown. Do the countdown part ways i think one of my friends might want to stay and get merrier um but i very much want to be in my house sleeping so i won't be doing that but um because they don't know each other very well i've kind of planned to you know those little like boxes of like word games or like interesting questions and that kind of thing um, i'm going to take some of those because i think even if we don't use them like they're good conversation starters for people who don't know each other very well mm-hmm. so that's sort of i think 
setting it up in such a way that it's not destined to fail, hopefully. But it might be that we get there and everyone just gels and we don't have to do any of that stuff. I think I will also, yeah, I think being less rigid about what I expect to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And and tying into some of the other stuff we said, I think focusing less on how I'm feeling and actually like really engaging with the people I'm with and mm. how they're feeling and not as, that would be a bad thing I'm not going to be like checking in and being like are you having a nice time <laughs> <laughs> um but just like really trying to actually um yeah engage with my context and the people around me and not just sort of focus on like am I having a nice time or like I want another drink instead I'll ask do you want another drink I don't think you've clocked onto anything that we were were talking about today. You're on course for an absolute shit new year. Oh my god, Matthew. Oh my gosh. Are you telling me it's going to be shit because then it'll be good? Are you lowering my expectations? No, I'm telling you straight up. (laughs) It's going to be awful.